0: Do you think you're going to write a book based in Amsterdam soon? I just want to talk about books all day. That's all I want to do. I totally agree. Yeah, I'm only waiting for it to know (laughs) 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 Run out and buy it. Run out and buy it. (laughs) Anything for (laughs) us. Welcome back to another episode of Anything Pros. I'm Vicky. And I'm Jen. And this week we have a special guest author. Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you so much for coming on here with us. Yeah, this is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, we haven't done this
1: before, so. <laughs> of course, yeah. And I i am Rachel Lynn Solomon, just to, to awkwardly introduce myself. I'm always, uh, you would think that after like two years of virtual events and you know, Zoom everything that it would, we would all be used to it. But you know what, sometimes it's still unpredictable. But thank you so much for having me here. I'm, I'm really happy to be chatting with you two.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. How are you today? It's kind of late for you, right? Well, not too late, but later than here. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I live in Amsterdam. It's, um, we're six hours ahead of the East Coast. So it's always a bit tricky to, to schedule things. Yeah. But Um, it's Amsterdam actually gets more daylight than most places in the world. So post, wait, I don't know if, are we in the middle of daylight savings or did we just pause? I never remember what, yeah, like
0: these are getting longer because I think summer is the longest.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, they are, but I can never remember whether we're like on daylight savings right now or whether we're off it. Like, I know Me the clocks either. change, yeah, but they
0: definitely change, but I don't know which that is. Oh, I know. Right, right. I know.
1: It's <laughs> yeah, it's lighter. here. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but Amsterdam gets a ton of daylight. So in probably in about a few weeks, a few weeks, it's going to start getting dark at 10 o'clock.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. So oh God. it you basically just want to be outside all the time. Yeah. Um, and I we've only been here for a year so. and last year was really just getting adjusted and everything so this year I'm just really excited to get out there in the summer and really enjoy all the sunshine.
0: Yeah that's so exciting. I love that I was telling Jen that in a few months it's gonna start getting dark at like three o'clock here (laughs) and she was like what? I was like I'm gonna move back down to Florida actually.
1: (laughs) I mean if it makes it you feel any better in the winter that's you know we have longer days in the summer, but during the winter, it was so rough. Like January was the hardest month of my life, I think, because we had not experienced a, a winter in Amsterdam and oof, those days are very short.
0: Yeah. I just moved up to Boston from Florida and I am like not ready for winter at all. Vicky keeps telling (laughs) me like, you need to get snow boots. You need to get a jacket. You need to get this, this, and this.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I've only ever lived in Seattle before I moved to Amsterdam. Unfortunately, they are, um, the weather is very similar, uh, but I cannot imagine like being born and raised in the Pacific Northwest. I feel like my body is just not equipped for anything below 30 or above 80. I just cannot handle it.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see how this goes
1: for (laughs) me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Wishing yeah. you luck with both the the summer and, although I guess you're you're used to the warm weather, but yeah. winter, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Vicky, do you want to ask her a question? Yes. Um. So, for you guys that don't know, Rachel, if you're living under a rock, <laughs> she started writing YA books like today, tonight, tomorrow. We can't keep meeting like this, and now we're writing a little bit more adult. So, Weather Girl, the X Talk. Um, So what made you kind of want to transition from YA? I know you're still coming out with YA, but what made you want to get into adult?
1: Yeah, uh, well, so I always thought that I might want to do both. And actually the very first book that I tried to get published had main characters in their early twenties. And it was kind of new adult before that really took off and then never really went anywhere beyond that initial burst. Um, so yeah, it was really just a matter of finding the right story to tell and like waiting until I was old enough to tell it, uh, Mm -hmm. because I was trying to write in my like early twenties. I was trying to write books about characters in their thirties and dealing with issues that I just had not really experienced. And that's not to say that you can only write in age that you've been, Mm -hmm. uh, But I do feel like for me, at least I needed a few more years to, to land on the idea for the X talk. And then once I did, I mean, I, I think what really helped was just the X talk was my, my first adult book. Mm -hmm. And, um, I said so the book is about um it's a romantic comedy set in the world of public radio and my background's in journalism I worked in radio for a while in um in college and in my early 20s and I feel like I had just been saving up little anecdotes for mm-hmm. for years um and once I sat down to write that book I drafted the whole thing in like 20 days oh my um, gosh I, I don't think I will ever That's experience crazy. that again <laughs> 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 um But I, so I think it helped that like my first adult drafting experience, although I had some, some false starts before then, um, but that one, I just kind of knew that that was going to be the one that I would debut with in the, the adult sphere. And uh, yeah, I've been really lucky since then.
0: Yeah, when I read that one, I was like, you can tell she has, like, worked in radio or something. I was like, this is so descriptive that I can't imagine, like, either the amount of research or, like, personal experience that, like, had to go into this because it was, like, so well-developed.
1: Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, and I know, you know, obviously with you two um, running a podcast, it's been so much fun talking to people in radio or talking to people who have their own podcast because, like, you just kind of get it on a different level.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Do you think you're still going to kind of publish like an adult and a YA every year like you did last year and then you're doing this
1: year? For the most part, yes. Um, I can say that right now I will probably only have one book come out uh, in 2023 and seems weird to say only because (laughs) 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 because when I was starting out like getting to publish one book a year felt like you know, a tremendous goal and something that I have been working mm-hmm. towards since I got serious about publishing. Um, but so much depends on everything happening behind the scenes. Like I can really only control the book itself and, you know, the time it takes me to write the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but just with people's, you know, other people's schedules and the fact that I'm at two different publishers, sometimes things don't quite align and things need to be moved um, just for the book to have the best chance. To do it as as well as it can um and then also i'm getting a little more confident as as my career progresses um in asking for the time that i need to do something uh, like when i was just starting out i was i really felt like um they were doing me a favor by by publishing my books and that i just had to you know i couldn't um rock the boat at all and not like asking for an extra couple weeks is rocking the boat but I just felt like okay I need to just sit here and not make any additional noise aside from you know turning everything in and being as perfect as I can and that's just not realistic no one can do that and especially I mean if the past two years have taught us anything it's that um you know (laughs) deadlines and schedules are just um they they cannot conform to kind of the the way the world, the way the world works now. Um, so, so yeah, with, with a couple of my, with some upcoming books, I asked for some additional time and, um, as a result, next year, we'll just have, uh, one book come out.
0: That's probably a lot more reasonable and doable. (laughs) I mean, we're not (laughs) complaining, we're (laughs) reading
1: them. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I think in the future, um, I would love to be able to have a book come out like every six to nine or six to 12 months. It's just, it really depends on everything happening behind the scenes.
0: Yeah. And probably like each one is a little different. Like not all of them are 20 days.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Each one is a completely different challenge. Like uh, the book that I have coming out in, I guess it's a few weeks from now. So depending on when, when um, this goes up and when people are listening to it, Uh, It comes out May 17th, Uh, See You Yesterday, and it's a YA romantic comedy about um, two people trapped in a time loop, and that was my first book that was slightly outside of the contemporary world, or it takes place in the real world, but it has a time travel element, and that was by far the hardest thing that I've written because I was doing, uh, you know, a lot of like physics research and just time travel type research, and it just, yeah, it, it took a while.
0: Yeah, I think Vicky read that one and she yeah. loved it. And I think just so finished it do. and I was like, I'm really glad we're going to have you on the podcast because I was like, she's never written about like time loops before. <laughs> and I just, I was like, this is so different, but it was so good. And I mean, the act of like time travel and time loops like has always confused me so much. So me I too. can't like the research <laughs> you had to do like to yes. make it make sense. <laughs> Um, But yeah, other books I've read, I've like told Jen, I'm like the time loop makes no sense. Um, But this one I was able to follow. I really did enjoy it. It was very different. um, But I did love how it was still like the YA like romance. All your characters are always so like witty and I just love them. Yeah, it was really good.
1: Thank you so much. I am so happy you liked it. I love those two characters. And um, I will say that for most of the drafting process, I had giant chunks of the book that just said like time travel explanation here. Um, (laughs) They would just fill in later. Uh, And I think that if any actual physicists read the book, they would be like, this is not real science. I'm (laughs) like, it's definitely not supposed to be. Um, But I've been tagged in some things that are like the physics went over my head. And I'm like, it's it's not really real. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely it's goes over really my real. head as well.
0: <laughs> I try not to like think about it too much because it really does like hurt my brain at some points. But I was like, yeah, it I
1: love it. <laughs> I the number of times I searched like physics for beginners or like time travel for beginners, actually. Um before I landed on this title, um for a very brief time, my working title was um like what was it? I think it was Barrett Bloom's. Um, guide to introductory time travel or something like that or maybe it was like a freshman's guide to introductory time travel
0: (laughs) that's cute would you say like you have a favorite character that you've written
1: I have a few Um, I mean probably Rowan from today tonight tomorrow just because I loved that book so much Mm -hmm. I had the best time writing it Um, and it was just like such a joy um, but I really I mean, each main character has such a huge piece of me, even if they feel very different, mm-hmm. um, like Barrett in See you Yesterday is like fairly obnoxious. She like doesn't really have a filter. She's sort of the messiest of my main characters. And like I loved writing her, too, even though. Um, I think outwardly, we are probably very different, at least in how we conduct ourselves, but like definitely a lot of the same fears and insecurities.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you think that like since COVID, I think a lot of people have gone to bookstagram and gone to booktalk? Do you feel like that's kind of played a huge role in how you've just like blown up?
1: Uh well, it's so hard. I, I can't comment on like the blowing up of it all because I have I have trouble saying good things about myself. Um <laughs> but I will say that like I think that T3, uh Today Tonight, tomorrow in particular has benefited from um like book talk quite a bit. Um because the I remember when the paperback came out, there was a viral TikTok. I'm not on there, but like someone sent it to me. Um And as a result of that, like the paperback went out of stock right away. And like, this is, so we're now almost a year later and they are still, it still is having like intermittent stocking issues and, you know, huge part of that is the pandemic. But like the fact that right now, you know, this book has been out for almost two years and the only, um, you know the only publicity it's getting are like people discussing it and, and word of mouth and like book talk and Bookstagram and and things like that. So the fact that it's you know every couple months it's been out of stock and they have to go into another printing. I mean it feels like a huge huge honor. First of all, like I'm so thrilled that people are are still finding it and that it's bringing people joy, but it's so fascinating that it's like so far beyond my control, beyond my publisher's control. And I think that's the really wild thing that people are experiencing now is like these books that have been out for a while and two years isn't even that long. Um, But they really kind of take on a life of their own. Um, And it's, it's super interesting. And like, no one can predict or control it, which I think has made quite a headache for a lot of publishers who are trying to capitalize on that success. Um, But it's, it's pretty interesting, yeah, and I feel yeah. very grateful.
0: Yeah, book talk is crazy. It'll sell things out like so fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. And now Barnes and Noble has like the book talk, talk table. table. Yeah, yeah. that one.
1: Well, there was this article in the New York Times recently about how Barnes and Noble is doing like so much better than it has in yeah, recent I years. Saw that. Yeah, and it's I mean it's amazing. First of all, because Barnes and Noble is like it's crucial that it stays in business because that's really like indie bookstores last defense against Amazon. Like if, mm-hmm. you know, if Barnes and Noble is gone, then it's just indie bookstores versus Amazon. Yeah. And that's, that's a scary place for, for publishing to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, like Barnes and Noble probably owes a lot of its success to book talk. And the fact that people can go into those stores and go right to those tables and mm-hmm. know what they're going to see there is, is awesome.
0: So besides see you yesterday, what would you say was your most difficult novel to write?
1: Uh, you know, I think most of them that I wrote during the pandemic, and I mean, we're still in the pandemic. So like the past few have been quite difficult. Um, we can't keep meeting like this was really tough because at the, while I was drafting, I broke my arm and I had to take, you know, like a month off of it. So I, you know, wasn't, it kind of like messed with my momentum. And then when I was revising, um, the world went into lockdown. So, I was just not really happy while I was working on it. Um, I was either in, you know, physical pain, emotional pain slash fear slash anxiety um, or both. Uh, so that one was a really difficult one just because the rest of my life felt in just like so many of us in, in constant
0: mm-hmm. people.
1: Uh, and then, yeah, like I said, to you yesterday just because it was a completely different set of muscles that I was, was starting to flex and mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anything planned right now that deals with anything outside of the ordinary or outside of, um, you know, the real world, but I'd love to come back to that someday and do something, something else along those lines.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely very fun. Um, Another thing you do in your books that I think is what initially like drew me to you, um, besides being a Jewish author in that representation, (laughs) um, is how every character always talks about mental health is was it like a point for you to make every character like openly discuss that or like be diagnosed with the mental illness?
1: Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad that that's something that has resonated because it is it is something that's become more of a conscious choice, but also has happened naturally. Like it feels weird to say that um, that those two things are both true, but I would say sometimes I approach a book knowing what i want the main character to you know be dealing with or you know how what i want their background to be um, and other times it just happens organically on the page um, like in weather girl i um kind of just started writing and she in some of her language and some of the backstory i was like oh, okay i think she has actually been struggling with depression for a while um, with other characters, um, I've written about OCD and we can't keep meaning like this. And I'm drafting a book right now that deals with it in a different way. Um, I kind of knew that I wanted to write about it, but then or, it, write about it again. Um, but it also kind of has gone beyond what my my initial thoughts were. You know, I mean, everything kind of takes on a life mm-hmm. of its own once once you put it on the page. Um, but I will say the most um, I guess planned thing is. I always go into it never wanting uh, mental health or mental health illness to feel like a plot point. Um, no one's ever going to read one of my books and the um, have that be used like against a character or um, have some big climax involve you know something bad <laughs> related to their mental health. Like I there's I read so many harmful books of growing up where like the mm-hmm. climax was you know someone went off their meds and you know uh dire things were happening um i really want my books to be more of this person is living and functioning and you know hopefully at one point at some point thriving while um living with mental illness and maybe that also looks like you know being on medication or being in therapy so really just people living living their normal lives and falling in love and getting to have these kind of escapist love stories, um, while also dealing with, with their brains being, um, jerks to them sometimes.
0: Yeah. No, we were actually talking about that. I forgot what book I read. Um, but they had like the mental health aspect be like such the main plot point. And then like suicide was a plot line in it. And we were just like, why? It like wasn't done well. We were just yeah. like, it's so harmful when it's not done well. We mm-hmm. were like, why is mental health being used as a plot point? Like, that's so harmful, especially if it's like not accurate or not done well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, that's what we've always like resonated loved with, with your books. That- and Weather Girl yeah. is my favorite one. Like for that reason, like oh, I, I just so loved it so much. <laughs> yeah, it feels Me natural. That it's like, okay, she has depression, but she's still like working and yeah, love and everything.
1: Yeah, that one yeah. was a really good one. Mm-hmm. That one felt like
0: the most natural with her
1: mental health. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm so glad to hear that because yeah, and I also can't count the number of times I've read or watched something with like a super negative portrayal mm-hmm. of therapy. Um, like every YA book I read growing up had characters who were so opposed to therapy, and there was never really an explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was so ashamed when I started going to therapy as a teen. Like I didn't tell anyone because it felt like this dark thing that's like, Oh, I am messed up and I need someone to fix that because that, that's what I was reading and seeing. Um, and now like I talk about therapy with my friends all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, I'm a therapist, so. Oh, well, amazing. <laughs> <It's, yeah. laughs> so I think that's also why, like, I just extra appreciate it. Especially like, I think when I read, we can't keep meaning like this, I was like, Oh my gosh, an accurate representation of OCD. This is insane. Like I've never seen that. Um, but yeah, that's why it means so much to me that you write things that like destigmatize mental health. And like I can actually recommend these books to people yeah. and be like, this is an accurate representation. Like therapy is not bad. Um, so yeah, we just love that aspect of your book so
1: much. <laughs> that means so much to me. And I, you know, I get asked a lot like how to write a character, you know, with mental illness or, I mean, I hate this question because I think it is, it is so vague, but like how to write a quote unquote diverse character. Um, but I mean, I think when you're giving anyone any kind of marginalization, the other hugely important thing is making that not their sole defining trait. Mm -hmm. Like they should have an entire personality that is not just their mental illness.
0: Yeah, I absolutely agree. (laughs) Okay, so you also usually include like a lot of details about characters, jobs, and backgrounds. What is the research process usually look like for that?
1: Yeah, uh, so if it's something I'm really familiar with, like in the X talk with public radio, mm-hmm. um, the research was pretty minimal. Most of that was drawing from my own experience. Sometimes I, I would look some things up just to make sure I was getting them right or the terminology correct because mm-hmm. I hadn't been in that industry in a while. Um, but for Weather Girl, I have never worked in TV. I am not really a science person. I mean, I wish I were. I just I I didn't study it. Um, So I um, contacted some meteorologists in Seattle and was lucky enough to talk to both a like mid-career chief meteorologist who was pretty similar to Torrance in the book and also someone who was in her mid-20s who was kind of early career and had a lot of big big goals actually i think um the person i talked to she wanted to go national i think she even just moved from seattle to a bigger market um, which is something that's very common in in um in tv is you know moving from from um smaller to to larger and larger markets um and both of them were amazing and they gave me so many great details um, I started out with my research, like watching, you know, YouTube videos and people kind of talking through what their day looks like as a meteorologist. But sometimes you just have a really specific question. Like, you know, I'm always wanting to know things like, okay, if you are standing here and you are looking out at the cameras, what does that look like? Like, can you describe it so that I can describe it in the book? Um, And yeah, the book would just be completely um, very flat when it comes to, to the job, if not for that. So I I love, I think part of it is my journalism background. I love reaching out to people and asking to interview them for for my books.
0: I think that's probably another thing that like really set your books apart for me was like those descriptions. I was like, it feels like she was a meteorologist. (laughs) Like, I don't understand (laughs) how many jobs she has. like, she has to have had all of these jobs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wish. I mean, that's one fun thing about writing is I had such a hard time actually choosing what I wanted to major in. Mm -hmm. And now it feels like I get to experience a lot of different things. Like even for, we can't keep meeting like this. I had a friend whose parents were harp makers and I went to their studio and they like talked me through the whole process and showed me all their harps in progress. Um, And then I sent them like about a lot of the harp chapters and they, you know, to kind of vet for me. And that's just, you know, that's stuff is so, it's so, so valuable. And Mm -hmm. I think, so many people are like so gracious with their time and so eager to share. And I know a lot of people and a lot of other authors are really anxious about, you know, reaching out and doing these kinds of interviews, but I mean, everyone that I've asked has been so kind and like so open and, you know, when you're passionate about something, you just want to talk to it, talk to people about it. So, I mean, if there are other authors listening who are anxious about it, like I have never gotten a, a negative response. I think everyone is always really, really eager to share what, what they love.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Um, did you ever like go to a weather, like a news set or anything? Or have is it usually just like interviews, like over virtual now?
1: <laughs> yeah, no. So that was kind of a huge bummer with the way that the timing worked for Weather Girl is That was actually the first book that I wrote start to finish in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, So there wasn't an option for me to go into the studio. I I would have loved to, but yeah, 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 Mm -hmm. I would have loved to, but it just wasn't safe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. unfortunately.
0: Um, But on that topic of your books being in Seattle, do Mm -hmm. you think you're going to write a book based in Amsterdam soon?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so I, I will say I've gotten this question ever since I oh like God. announced that I was moving here. I was like, I'm not even there. I have no idea. Uh, now that I've been here for a year, I do feel like I can write about it, at least from the point of view of someone visiting or like a new expat. I definitely couldn't write from the point of view of someone who, ha- you know, has lived here their whole life. Cause I mm-hmm. think that's just a very different experience. Um, I do have several ideas. I have a YA idea and an adult idea. And um, if everything like works out the way that it is in my head, which, you know, (laughs) there are a lot of other people who would need to say yes. um, Hopefully I will have an Amsterdam adult book in
0: 2024. Oh my gosh. I'm so (laughs) excited. I know we were like, how long do you think she needs to live there before she writes a book in the <laughs> <laughs> is she there yet? <laughs> is she there yet? So what has been your favorite part about living there? Uh,
1: that's such a hard question because it is, it, feel, it still feels very surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, I joke about this with my husband and, and with the friends I've made here. I feel like I'm constantly walking around and, you know, I have to turn to someone and, you know, someone I know, not just a stranger on the street and be like, I cannot believe we are in Europe right now. Or like, I can't believe we are in the Netherlands in Amsterdam um, because before I moved here, I had never been to Europe. So oh, everything wow. has been, yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite a leap. Um, and had it not been a pandemic, I think that the decision would have been harder. Um, but honestly, I just love walking around exploring. Um, I love the architecture. I love the public transportation. Um, everywhere here is flat. It's just so easy to get around. Um, The city is just the infrastructure. Everything is so, so well connected. Um, It's also like a very dense city. You know, there aren't a lot of just like everything is very packed in. Um, And I, I do kind of love now that tourism is kicking back up. Like I love walking around and seeing tourists because I think it's just such a cool thing to live somewhere and see other people kind of walking around and experiencing the beauty of it and and the things that it has to offer like it is unusual for a couple days to go by where someone doesn't like come up on the street and ask for for directions or something and and sometimes I can give them (laughs) (laughs) that has to be
0: exciting finally being able to give people directions
1: (laughs) it is yeah except for then I worry for like you know, the whole rest of the day. I'm like, did I give them the wrong direction? <laughs> like, oh no, they went
0: the wrong way. <laughs> I'm so nervous. I still, I've lived in Boston now going on like two and a half years. And I still, I'm like, I don't know. I
1: don't know where anything is. I still use my GPS every day. <laughs> I definitely, I, I don't think I ever like won't use it. <laughs> Just to be safe.
0: Yeah. 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 Of course. Just to be accurate. Um, and then one other question getting back to books a little bit. Is there like a favorite author you have or an author that inspires you? Like we were wondering, we were like, do
1: authors like read books still? <laughs> like,
0: do you yeah. have favorite authors?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I do still read books. Uh <laughs> That's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, I actually feel like I read less and less every year. Yeah, understand. Um, and part, yeah, part of that is because when I am really in the thick of something um for me to be able to relax with a book it has to be it usually has to be something totally outside my usual Mm -hmm. genre because otherwise um you know sometimes i'm reading books for blurbs or reading books for friends and even when i'm loving what i'm reading it still feels like work Mm -hmm. Um, just so you know, I'm working on I'm writing a romance novel during the day. And then in the evening, if I'm reading a romance novel, it's still like it's hard to turn off that part of your brain that's thinking, oh, like this is this is why they did that there, like, oh, I really love how they did that, or maybe I would do that differently. You know, you're you're still really in that mindset. Um, but in terms of authors I admire, um, I mean, growing up, Meg Cabot was my absolute favorite. Yeah, I love <laughs> she was. <like> a- <laughs> yeah, she was a huge huge inspiration to me and I mean now in I mean, in the romance genre I really just look up to kind of the people who are um not just turning out like amazing book after amazing book but the people who are really generous with their time and really um give back to the communities like Christina Lauren um they are someone that I or the two of them are, are people that I look up to a lot because I think they're just so so welcoming and really supportive of um, younger authors. Um, I really love Helen Wong. Um, you know, her books are so amazing with regard to, you know, um, autism rep and, and mental health rep. Um, you know, I also, in terms of like, uh, other like, well, it's hard to say contemporaries because like I put myself in such a different category from other authors like I look at an author that I think is very successful and I'm like oh I'm very different like we are in a completely different industry um but and then there are just so many other you know friend friend authors that I admire too what would you say are some of like your favorite books oh
0: that's so hard (laughs) (laughs) that's a hard question I feel like even for Vicky and I to answer so like for you I can't even imagine
1: yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, the other tricky thing is when my least favorite question in interviews was someone was like, what are you reading right now? And I just completely forget every oh, book yeah. ever mm-hmm. published.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, it is just the curse of that question. Um, the one book that I, I think made the biggest impact on me when I read it, and I haven't read it in a while, so I don't know if I would feel the same, but um, Prep by Curtis Sittenfeld mm-hmm. was a book that I really loved. Um, I am sure it has like some problematic elements at this point. (laughs) Like it definitely dealt with like classism and some racism and, you know, yeah, I don't know what it would be like through a 2022 lens, um, but I loved it when I read it. There was a period of time where I was rereading it every year. Um, I just loved the writing style. Um, You know, I really related to this like introverted awkward kid at a boarding school with all these rich people I mean I was never at a boarding school but like I definitely related to feeling like the you know yeah I think so many people definitely so many authors probably have felt like outsiders at one point in their life and that's why we're channeling all our feelings into writing YA now um but I I think it's just such a great book about being an outsider Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Vicky and I always talk about like the disclaimer that you did at the beginning. Like whenever we talk about our favorite books, we're always like, should I recommend this if I haven't <laughs> read it in a while? Because I know I yeah, it's- Vicky this one book and then I went back and reread it and it was like so different than what I remembered. <laughs> I was like, mm. oh my God. <laughs>
1: yeah. I probably should go back and reread some of these. I, I imagine I would not be happy. <laughs>
0: i'm nervous <laughs> so it's yeah, like, though. like some of my favorite books that i read in high school i'm like i just know i'm never read reading it again now, like i just want to keep it the it. way it yeah. was i'm gonna keep it in my head
1: that i love it it was a good book it wasn't problematic we're gonna move on <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just, read but i think it's also totally okay to love something as it was and yeah. still be able to have critique about it mm-hmm. um i would be shocked if i read my first book even that came out in 2018, if I read it right now, I'm sure there are a lot of things I would do differently.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, But I think just the culture is moving so quickly that we, Mm -hmm. you just kind of do better with the next book and you're always, always improving and like Mm -hmm. always trying to do better and like always trying to be as inclusive as possible and Mm -hmm. no one is doing it perfectly. That's for sure. Um, But I think everyone definitely is, is trying and and making that effort to, um yeah to like keep being sensitive and keep um keep writing authentically
0: yeah I agree I feel like reading has become like more enjoyable in that aspect this year Mm -hmm. and then last year that things are just like everyone's so much more inclusive when they write and purposeful Mm -hmm. I mean obviously there's still problematic like books and things like that but I feel like everything is just more meaningful that I've been reading lately and it's that's also a- so exciting to look at like why, especially like your books as well. And just be like, I'm so excited that like teenagers are going to have these books. Like, yeah. I wish I had had this book when I was a teenager. And they're so like sex positive and mm-hmm. everything. And I was like, this book would have changed my life in yeah. high school.
1: <laughs> well, thank you. That's, that's definitely a huge part of, of why I write YA for sure.
0: Yeah, it's definitely needed. I know we read like today, tonight, tomorrow, and I'm like, I'm no longer like, wondering what college I'm gonna go to but I'm wondering what job to accept so I'm like <laughs> yeah very relatable That could have used yeah us. it's like interesting but that there's still so many pieces of why that like you can relate to so strongly as an adult as well yeah mm-hmm. I think like you said the feelings kind of come back for how you felt back then mm-hmm. and then it's still like you could feel very similar now like I definitely related to Rowan like a lot in that
1: book <laughs> Oh, I'm glad. No. And I, I mean, one of my favorite things is when I get emails from people who are very much not the intended audience and not even, you know, like you guys, but I've gotten emails from like elderly men. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of my favorite emails was I got an email was from a man in his seventies and he was like, this is not my usual kind of book. Um, but I picked it up and I loved it, and it reminded me of when I was in high school and I had a crush on the valedictorian. I was Aww. like, "Oh, this is Aww, a cute that's so cute." And I wish there was a so way much. to
0: get those as like blurbs on books. Like that would make me pick it up instantly yeah. <laughs> if it was like review from a 70-year-old man. <laughs> it's
1: just like <laughs> I loved it, Larry, <laughs>
0: 75 or something. That'd be so cute. Yeah. I would instantly be like, "Yep, this is coming <laughs> home with me." I think I saw on a, a little blurb on a book and it was from a girl's dad and it was like, loved it, dash dad. <laughs> and I was sweet. like, that makes you want to read it. That's right. adorable.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: So I think that was all of the questions that I we had. Did yeah. you want to end by talking a little bit about See You Yesterday? I know you already like- kind you of Did of a little overview, a little but, bit, but it comes out sure. May 17. Vicky and I will be buying it. Yes, absolutely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Vicky will add it to your stack. Yeah.
1: I'm so excited about it because, um, I have gotten so lucky with not just my covers, but with my book spines and they, They, all—oh yeah, it's like this beautiful little pastel rainbow and they all have a little like icon on the spine too. And they just, it just reminds me of like cotton candy. I, I love them. So if you, if you like cotton candy, you might like (laughs) yesterday. Um, but just some more details about it. So it follows a girl who had a horrible high school experience and she's expecting that college will be her chance to, you know, reinvent herself and just do everything differently. Um, she has a terrible first day, everything goes wrong. And then she wakes up the next day and realizes it is her first day again. And she is stuck in this terrible day, not able to reinvent herself and to have college, you know, change her the way she's always wanted it to um, and then she realizes that she is stuck with someone else um, this guy who humiliated her in their physics class um, that morning so the two of them team up to try to find a way out of the time loop uh falling in love along the way um it has my favorite first kiss scene i have ever written oh and uh yeah it's also my <laughs> longest book I don't know <laughs> really So you, you really get your money's worth that's that's a good selling point right <laughs> oh,
0: I didn't so yeah because I got it on Kindle as an advanced copy so I didn't even realize that it was like longer than most but that's very interesting I'm so excited yes. <laughs> I know yeah and Jen actually came over the other day and she <laughs> saw like my Rachel stack and it was like all pastels. And I was like, it's my pastel stack. Yes, it has a special place on her <laughs> yeah. bookshelf. I was oh, like, no, it's, it's just so, so amazing to you. look at. It is. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I love I, the colors of your books. And I love how like your YA books match and then your adult okay. match each other. So you, like, I got
1: so lucky. I truly, I don't know like what sacrifices I performed <laughs> to the cover gods and what I need to do to keep doing it. But, uh, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful. Some amazing, amazing people who work in the the art department.
0: Yeah, yeah and we were beautiful. talking about how we like love on Instagram when you post the covers and like how they got to where they are, like mm. the whole process. It's so oh, cool. Yeah. I love seeing that. The one you oh, just posted. thank you. Posted. Yeah, I did
1: it with my, with Weather Girl and I was like, this is really interesting. And I've actually yeah. never because I, I just posted one for CU yesterday and I reached out um, the designer and I um, have have become friendly and I reached out to her and I was like, hey, if you have any drafts of this cover, I would love to see them And she sent me like 20 of them. I didn't even post all so of them. Cool. And I was like, I need to ask for this every time because this is fascinating. like yeah, that's never... so cool. Yeah, and I know some authors have been shown sketches as as their covers come to be um, and sometimes I've seen early stages, but actually the majority of my experience with my covers, I have gotten the final cover and I've been like, okay, that's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the only version I've ever seen. So it's really cool to see what actually goes into creating that final project. That's yeah, like a lot of
0: work. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's very interesting to see it. Um, so definitely keep posting those. Yeah. You write so, well, so. yeah. The fans love them. Yeah. The fans being <laughs> Vicky and I. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We actually like, can't believe you said yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> well, of course, of course. No, this was so much fun and let me know when it goes up and I will, I'll link to it on, on Instagram. Yeah, okay. yeah, that Sounds
0: good. We'll um, definitely let you
1: know. Thank you so much for your time. Yes,
0: this is so great. It was great
1: talking to you and meeting you. Yeah. And- thank you for the, for the great questions. And, um, since it's still early for you guys, thank you by the way, for doing this so early. I, oh, <laughs> I yeah, really no appreciate problem. that. Um yeah have a great rest of your day.
0: Thank okay. you. Bye. 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 Bye.